It is a pleasure to welcome Spencer Tillman, longtime broadcaster, currently on Fox during college football season. You hear him, see him with Tim Brando in the booth. Spencer Tillman joins us here on the Tolbert, Kruger, and Brooks Show, KNBR and KNBR FM, San Francisco, the sports leader. Spencer, we thank you for your time. Hope you and yours are doing well. How are you? Yeah, we are doing well. Hope you guys are as well. We are. We are. We're, we're safe. We're happy. And uh, those are very important things. And we're all together, uh, you know, here in the show, you know, tr- talking, trying to figure it out and, and make a sense of what's going on. I, I know you, you live down there in Houston, as you have for years, and uh, George Floyd's body is there. Uh, the viewing is going on right now. There's going to be a memorial service tomorrow. Uh, he is uh, from Houston, from Third Warden area. I'm familiar with. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on where we've been, where 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 we've gone, and where we're going. Uh, you've been very vocal, uh, you know, in terms of uh, everybody now kind of understanding what has been said by the African American community since forever, and and everybody trying to go in a positive place now that we all seem to be understanding of it. Just give us your thoughts on. And what this thing hopefully is going to look like in uh, in in the not too distant future. Well, I hope that our better lights and our better selves emerge, and that we number one take the approach that you know Bill Walsh used to talk about all the time. When I was with the Niners back in the day when even when he moved upstairs after George Seifert took over as head coach. You know, he would talk about, and I never forget this. He would talk about complexity and preparation, simplicity and execution. The idea being, we spend far more time doing what we needed to do. In fact, you couldn't in a meeting raise a question or an issue to complain about anything unless you had spent an equal amount of time finding a solution or coming up with something creative to do it a better way. And I thought that was one of the great principles and lessons that he talked about often and that I integrate in my life right now. So I would hope we'd apply that same approach that is to not underestimate how difficult it is going to be to educate mainstream America, uh, many of whom have been the benefactors of privilege that they're not even aware of in some some cases. And the way I phrased it, you know, um, it's just the bottom line. It's just about education. That's what it comes down to me. We're talking to Spencer Tillman on the Yuma guest line. Spencer, good to talk to you again. And, you know, this um, this the NFL and Roger Goodell, you know, attempted in in a video that the league, you know, sent out to talk a little bit about to answer his players who basically asked him to to come out and talk and and condemn racism and admit wrongdoing in previous attempts to you know, to silence peaceful protests and to affirm, you know, that black lives matter. Um, and Goodell came out with his speech, but in no point is police mentioned, police brutality is not mentioned, and Colin Kaepernick is not mentioned. And mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that Howard Bryant, who I love Howard Bryant, basically said it on ESPN yesterday that, in his opinion, they absolutely engineered the end of Colin Kaepernick's career, who last played in mm-hmm. 2016. So... How do you have reconciliation and move forward uh, from the NFL's perspective without truth on the matter, without, without at some point facing the issues? Well, you just nailed it right there. The bottom line is core values are what you do, not what you say. It's almost like you, given the context that we're in right now, after 400 years of chattel slavery, you know, another 150 years of Jim Crow, 70 years of marginalization, so many different ways, and still in 2020, we're dealing with a cop, even though he's representative and he's one individual who cavalierly puts his hand in his pocket and his knee to the neck of an individual who dies right before the world's eyes to be able to see that, that that's happening. It's almost like anything that happens after that is going to fall short. And I've heard people speak to it in that language. And in other words, 
nothing you say is going to impact how I feel right now unless I see a material change. Nothing matters. Your word doesn't matter. Nothing matters. And that's what the league has to understand. And I will applaud uh, Roger Goodell for at least doing what he should have done a long time ago, and that is acknowledge the fact that you were wrong. But you're right. There was the omission. And to me, it's like a minor, a more minor uh, form of infraction that Drew Brees dealt with. And see, I'm, I'm doing surgery now when we talk about this. And you have to for fear of, of hurting people. What Drew Brees' transgression was, it was actually, and I'm going to use the word sin, it was a sin of omission, not commission. He was asked an open-ended question to which he could have responded any way he wanted to respond. And he should never apologize for articulating his core values, which was family, his grandfathers who fought, both of them spilled their blood on, on soil. However, if he would have added one conjunction and said, but, the purview that I have and my grandfather's had is different from the four primary receivers that I throw the football to. Their grandfathers, until Executive Order 9981 in 1948, would not allow their grandfathers to fight alongside my grandfathers and spill their blood for this nation. It wasn't until years later that that happened. So when you talk about it from that standpoint, that's step one to begin that education process. For Drew, it had been four full years and nothing but ten straight days of, of Floyd, uh, George Floyd messaging. And if it wasn't in his consciousness now, for that to be part of that narrative to that open-ended question, man, there's a chasm there. And he wears the sea on his shoulder. He's a captain. He's a leader. For him to omit their perspective in that open-ended question, to me, was one of the most egregious things. Now, I gave a clear pathway for him to recover. And I, I said, hey, I know Drew Brees. Good guy. Wonderful guy. Done a tremendous amount for New Orleans and his citizenry. He needs to be forgiven. He needs to be accepted, embraced, because he can be the biggest ally you have in many regards. Hey, Spencer, how do we, and I know this, uh, this isn't an easy question, and uh, the problem is much bigger than this, but how do we keep those type of people off the police force? And if they do get on there, how do we get them out of there as quickly as possible? Well, I think, you know, Kamala Harrison, and again, I'm not a political guy at all. I, I'm, I don't see politics through that filter. For me, it's a moral issue. It's right and what is wrong. But I think what Kamala Harris and some of those folks are talking about right now and coming up with a way to hold police accountable, uh, totally re-engineering. I mean, to me, it seems on its face somewhat disingenuous to have police police themselves. When something yeah. goes for review, an internal organization who is who's charged or uh, challenged on issues to judge themselves, whether they're right or wrong. That to me, the whole notion of internal investigation by the individuals who are being accused is just ludicrous on its face. So there needs to be a, 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 a non-biased third party that makes those decisions about what happens. And there needs to be a punitive component of it as well that makes real um, real charges stick and there be a penalty. So whether it's kindness of heart or some other motive, if, if that's not in play, then the punitive piece of it has to be the motivating. Whether it's a stick or a carrot, there has to be a way that people will respond to bad behavior. And unless that's done, there's nothing materially that's changed. So once again, I'm at a place where I need to see material change. I'm not really listening to what anybody says. I'm, I'm watching what they do. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Getting that real from Spencer Tillman. Nice enough to join us here on the Tolbert Kruger and Brooks Show. He's joining us as all guests do. On the Uma guest line, un understanding fully, Spencer, that uh, communities and how they're policed, uh, that at, compared to ownership of the NFL and how they do things, one is clearly more important than the other. 
But as you said, for the police, in essence, to check themselves, there, there's something inherently wrong with that. Are, yeah. are, 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 is there, are we expecting owners who obviously need to do better when it comes to hiring uh, people of color and minorities in front office uh, positions and obviously head coaching positions in the NFL – are, are, are we foolish in expecting the owners to change out of the goodness of their heart and we should we, we should make them change? You, you dig what I'm saying? Are, are we, are we yeah, expecting people who, who are set in their ways to all of a sudden change because they see things differently? That just may be a foolish proposition. I, I think it is, and I don't want to sound modeling or sound uh, discouraging, but what you have to understand is the context. I believe most people that have, conscious or unconscious bias, whatever it is, most of them, I'll give them the the mulligan, most of them are not even aware of that. We're Mm -hmm. so far removed from slavery and all of those vestiges of the things that represent the most egregious aspect of our nation's past and original sin, that they would divorce themselves from that. They would say to you today, I don't have a prejudice or bias bone in my body. I don't see color. And to that, I would say, well, you need to see color. Because if you don't see color, you're dismissing everything that we're dealing with right now with respect to this this Floyd George situation. It was color and other factors like that, how much melanin one has in the skin, that is influencing and determining how you feel. It's the same thing that that lady articulated in Central Park as she's walking her dog that's unleashed. The law says you have to have at least the key word. The phrase that she articulated was, I'm going to call the police on the young Harvard graduate who asked her to leash her dog, I'm going to call the police and tell them that an African-American man is threatening me and my dog. And that was the last word. And then the dispatcher on the other end said, we'll, we'll, we'll send somebody right away. That was it. And based on that information, uh, an image and impression was created, like Dr. Harry Edwards used to always tell us, we live in a world of images and impressions. No one is able or willing to peel away the veneer to find out what's substantive, so we deal with what's on the surface. African-Americans in this nation are the only cohort that came here in 1619 as a people of immigrants who were enslaved on its own territory. You're talking about uh, Italians and Irish had tough times. They were able to overcome it, but they never were enslaved. Never was uh, pigment or skin color made a turn into a stigma. That's another great challenge when you think about it. And then you can go into the socioeconomic parts of it all the way from the Bill of Rights uh, that have these what we call entrenched laws that don't fly in the face of, of, of what we say we are when we talk about and ask someone what it means to be American. They are totally antithetical to what that document says. So we just need to be able to challenge ourselves on that. And unless until we can do that, we're not going to make progress. Spencer, um, you know, one part of this uh, dialogue that is just so frustrating is is uh, how we keep going back and forth about what it means to kneel um, at the anthem or for during the anthem. And we saw Colin Kaepernick do the peaceful protest. Several players joined him at the time. Uh, Colin hasn't played again, blackballed out of the league. Today, Adrian Peterson, when he was asked if he would kneel at the game, he said, without a doubt, we're all getting ready to take a knee together. The Arizona Cardinals, I think, put out an announcement that they are going to take a knee as a team during the anthem. And then on the other side, you've got the President of the United States who literally tweeted out, um, you know, another salvo that this that kneeling is disrespecting our our country and our flag and, and disrespecting not, you know, if you kneel during the anthem, you're being disrespectful. And it's just like, where is the NFL going to be with that this year? How are they going to deal with that? They got a lot of 
sponsors. They got a lot of players. They got a lot of varying opinions here. This is a hot, hot button issue. How is it going to get? What's the end game? If I were Roger Goodell, here's what I would do. If I were a media strategist, real briefly, because I know we're probably up against it, I would, I would basically bring in Nate Boyer, do an interview with him, and, and, and articulate Nat sound up full. Let him articulate it, post edit it in such a way that he articulates himself. Here's a form of Green Beret giving the directive to Colin Kaepernick. I suggest that you kneel as opposed to sit because. We believe in the military that if you kneel is a sign of respect. If you kneel in front of a grave of a fallen comrade, that is a sign of respect and regard. We kneel when we propose. We kneel when we are knighted. If you're in the U.K., we kneel when we pray. Everywhere else in the world, the sign of kneeling is nowhere disrespectful. We've assigned it that, that value because we want to have conflict. We want to believe these things. We, again, we live in a world of images and impressions, but I would be hard-pressed, and I think anybody on this call would be as well, to find some place in history where we've assigned a, dis, a, a sign of disrespect for someone kneeling for anything. That's what was when, – when, when the title was attached to it, that I'm kneeling for this, we made the quantum leap as part of mainstream culture primarily that that was a sign of disrespect. That should have never been done. Now, I will say this, Colin Kaepernick has some ownership in this as well, because what he did is he allowed this larger narrative to co-opt his intentions. He could not outpace their, their story. So they co-opted, they took over the narrative and created it. I mean, that happens all the time in marketing. But it's, this is too costly and too yep. significant of a matter to allow that to happen. You know, I, another it's an argument for another time, but I'm not even so sure there should be a national anthem before games anymore. I'm not sure. I, I, it hasn't, al- hasn't always been that way. Uh, I know it started 30, 40 years ago. But, I, mm-hmm. you know what, if I was Roger Goodell, uh, Spencer, I, I, I think I would suggest to all the players – to do it because look, we know how, how concerned they are with money and their sponsors, but this is so much different. It shouldn't have been, it shouldn't have taken this to, to wake up people. But this time, if sponsors start pulling out, I think uh, if the owners are strong enough, they say, go ahead, you go ahead and pull out. We're going to stay on the right side of this issue. I think a lot less sponsors will pull out of this one because I think a lot less sponsors will look at it like, hey, we're going to be on the wrong side here. We need. I think there's more people that are willing to stomach this one. It shouldn't have taken this, but it, because of it, I, I, I just think it's going to be different this time. I don't think there'll be as many people that, that turn their head on this one because I think people are starting to understand more and more what this was uh, all about to begin with and more so what it's about now, which is the same thing, but people have a better understanding. So I, did, I think the temperature has changed, at least I hope. I think it has changed in a private room without consequences, and I obviously know that that's not the context here, but I will say it anyway. I will simply say that I'm the ultimate optimist, but no one uh, four and a half years ago thought that the current occupant of the nation's top office would be our president, you know, uh, no matter where you stand on that. So we just don't know. That silent majority has got to step up. And if they do, we'll we'll have a different order in the years to come in November. Uh, Spencer, before we let you go, uh, you played in the league for a good while. How many times did you stand out for the anthem? Uh, did I stand up for the anthem? No, no, but, but well, my, my point is I'm saying it inarticulately. Mm-hmm. Players being no. on the field for the anthem is a new thing. Back when you were yeah. playing in the late 80s and in the 90s, pl- teams were always in the locker room. Guys yeah, being on the field for the anthem didn't show up until I want to yeah, say about I don't 2005. Remember. You know, I don't remember, and, and I, I hear where you're going. I think I understand the, the path where you're going. And just real quickly, I just think that um, – 
people are going to believe what they want to believe. You know, they're, they're, going to, they're going to accept that it's an offense. And if they want to be offended, I would just put much, as much energy in attacking and becoming educated for why people are being offended. If we put as much effort and energy in trying to understand that, then mm-hmm. I think they will have a shift. Uh, Spencer, we thank you for your time, definitely. And hopefully when we get the chance to talk soon, it'll be about football-related matters. Absolutely. Your, your, your perspective and your intelligence on, uh, on this weighty of a subject is, uh, is welcome around these corners. Thank you for your time yeah. and your insight. Thank you. I appreciate it. I look forward to for the 49ers getting that sixth title, man. We need to get that, that Lombardi go. trophy. So let's talk about that next time. Hey, hey, running it back. Thank you, Spencer. Thank, we appreciate it.